Well, don't we appreciate our youth worship team. <laughs> you know, I want to say thank you also to the folks who work the sound and do our uh, words. Uh, it's not an easy task, and we appreciate those who volunteer and devote themselves to making, uh, making really Sunday morning good for us. Thank you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Paul wrote, But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. You know, as you read that list, we can say that sure does describe humanity in the 21st century. We must be in the last days. And yet, <laughs> throughout history, almost every preacher from his pulpit has read these words and say they describe humanity in our age. We must be in the last days. They weren't wrong. Neither are we. <laughs> because this truly describes the downward trend of human nature. And the last days in the New Testament began with the day of Pentecost and will end when that uh, final day, when God rings down the curtain on history. So we are in the final days. And at different periods of history, certain aspects of this list loom large. And at other times of history, other things on this list loom large. Tragically, sometimes these very things even exist in the church. So this morning on Thanksgiving weekend, you know, it'd be really easy for me to preach a negative sermon, a negative sermon about our age, about our culture, about the condition of the church. It'd be easy for me to preach about the sin of ingratitude because I could just fill the morning with illustrations of ingratitude. And everybody be saying amen because there's something perverse about human nature that we like negative stuff. That's why we have to fight the temptation to be gossips. I think that's why maybe the talk show hosts are so popular because every day they just fill the airwaves with hours of, of negativism. Even though we might agree with them, it still is uh, largely negative. This morning I'm not going to take that easy route of negative speech. I want to assume today that I'm speaking to a congregation of grateful people, a bunch of saints that uh, are not owned by the ingrateful attitude of our age, but rather a group of people who in their hearts say, thank you, God. You know, 
we have to recognize that in every generation, we're fortunate to have a very gracious God. Listen to uh, Matthew 5.44. By the way, there are two versions of the Sermon on the Mount in Scripture. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Matthew witnessed it. And Luke chapter 6, Luke didn't witness it, but he talked to witnesses who were there. And so we have two versions of the Sermon on the Mount. Both say essentially the same thing. Let me read a, a quote from both of these, Matthew five forty four and following. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Luke 6.35, love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Aren't we thankful that our God is kind and gracious even when we are ungrateful? His grace extends to us. So this morning, I thought it would be good if we spent just a few minutes talking about how we can express gratitude to our very, very generous God. How do we say thank you to a generous God? We want to talk about six ways. Number one, the most obvious way to express gratitude is the prayer of gratitude. Just saying, thank you, Father. And by the way, if you go through the New Testament and you'll notice the various aspects, the various verses that urge us to be thankful, when there is a being that is mentioned, it is always God the Father through Jesus, but it is God the Father who is the object of that expression of gratitude. Let me read some verses, Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine, that is dissipation, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, even to the Father, even to God the Father. Ephesians 5, 4, there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Ephesians 5, 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians 1, 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, Jesus giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Colossians 4.2, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you, in Christ Jesus. But you know, even if we did not have this list, and the list could go on and on, of exhortations to give thanksgiving, how could we fail 
to verbally express to God the gratitude of our hearts for the abundant blessings that He has poured out upon us through our, our existence. You know, I think it's significant that our Lord Jesus Christ modeled this for us. Time and again in Scripture, we have Jesus Christ described as He comes to a meal, and before anyone dines, He bows His head and thanks God and prays a blessing upon the food. How could we fail to say thank you, God, even if we didn't have one single verse of Scripture exhorting us? God is so good to us. A second way we can say thank you to God is by obedience. By obedience and recognizing Him as God, we demonstrate our attitude. When Jesus was confronting the Pharisees, because they had been so careful to keep all the laws, but they had failed to be kind. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Love God first. And then he said, the second is this, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Love God. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And remember in Matthew 28, where he had the great commission, Jesus said, go make disciples. How do you do it? He said, well, you preach, you immerse them, and then teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And Jesus, quoting Isaiah, said to the Pharisees, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Isaiah 1.3, The ox knows its owner, the donkey its master's manger, but Israel does not know, my people do not understand. It's important as we want to express gratitude to God that we realize one of the most important ways we can do so is by recognizing that He is God and by obedience we express our gratitude. When God commands us to do something, He expects us to do it in the manner that He said do it. He expects us to do it with a right heart. He expects us to do it as an act of worship. He expects us to do it as an act of gratitude and an acknowledgement of our dependence upon Him. We can express gratitude as we live obedient lives. Number three, by partaking of the blessings that God has given, we express gratitude to our Father. We've read this passage many times, but it's so appropriate here this morning. 1 Timothy 4.1 the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience, as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from food which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. We express gratitude as we enjoy the blessings God has given us. It's interesting when you read the 
five books of Moses and you read the laws about offerings and the laws about tithing. I don't know how it is with you, but as I read all that and try to fit it all together, it's really a, a challenge to find the system. The one problem is they were an agrarian society, and so when they had the harvest and they brought a tenth and gave it uh, to the temple, when they, the calves uh, calved, they had them pass out the gate and under a rod they counted and every tenth one, whether there's a bad one or a good one, went to the temple. Every time something like that was done, it was time to count the tithe. There is one interesting tithe that was given when the harvest was complete. They were to take that tithe, that tenth of it, and travel to Jerusalem. And there in Jerusalem, they were to use that tithe not to give to the temple, but to use it for a grand feast, a feast of celebration. And they ate, and they ate that tithe. They didn't give it to the temple. And if they lived so far away that carrying that tithe to Jerusalem was a problem, they were to sell it back home and take the money and go to Jerusalem and then pay for a huge feast and have a party. That was one way they said thank you to God, was partaking of this tithe rather than giving it to the temple. Now that might be dangerous things to say today because a lot of folks like to find all kinds of ways to use the tithe. But that still was a plan that was given in Deuteronomy chapters 12 and 14. You know, we need to relish and enjoy the blessings God has given us. And that makes the heart of our giving Father happy. I remember when Gordon and I were in Ukraine one time, and uh, we divided to go different ways. Gordon and I think Bob Love was with us at that time. I believe it was Bob. Went to a Church in the Forest, which now is called Nazareth. And they had a wonderful Sunday there. They immersed people in the radioactive Dnieper River. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> I, however, went with uh, Nikolai Levchiko and Sergei Nortuslavudic, the, the first time Americans had been in Slavudic. Slavudic is a village 25 miles approximately from Chernobyl. It's where the Chernobyl uh, workers live. Very, very radioactive area. Everybody knows they'll die early. Uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, very, very high because they know they really have been given a death sentence even though they're highly paid. And I remember in a home one day, a little boy came up to me with a gleam in his eye and he handed me an apple, a yablaka. And I knew it was radioactive. And what do I do? And Gordon and I many times had recited this verse. Jesus said, eat whatever is set before you, asking no questions. And so I took this apple from the little boy, and he, he, he watched me with eager eyes, and I began to take a bite of it, and he just glowed. There was gratitude in his heart because I was enjoying this gift that he had given to me. Don't you know the heart of our Father is filled with joy? Whenever we grab one of those blessings He's given and we enjoy it to the fullest, more than once I have had in a counseling situation a husband with broken heart and frustration tell me about the efforts that he has made to please his wife. 
he had bought her some kind of a frock or perhaps a bouquet of flowers or something else and has brought it home and lovingly presented it and she has said, I don't like that old thing or what's that for? And his heart is broken. How his heart would have been warmed even if she didn't like it. (laughs) If she would have said, oh honey, thank you so much and put on that ugly old coat, whatever it was, you know. But on the other side, I've heard women talk about working hard and preparing a delightful meal just for the husband, and he sits down and looks at it and says, you know I don't like this. (laughs) And all of her efforts, you know, how much better it would have been if he would have just gulped and held his nose if he had to (laughs) and swallowed it and delighted her heart. Our Heavenly Father rejoices when we grab those blessings He has given us and partake of them with delight and abandonment and say, thank you, Father. Of course, we have to realize we have to be very, very careful that these blessings do not become the focus rather than the one who has bestowed it upon us. This, this is such an important thing in life. We need to learn to live with joy, imbibing and enjoying those things that God has given us. Number four, we express gratitude to God when we verbally proclaim to others His goodness. Psalm 69:30, I will praise the name of God with song and magnify Him with thanksgiving. I will, it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull with horns or hoofs. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name. Psalm 107, 22, let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Psalm 26, 7, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. Psalm 95, 2, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. We express gratitude to God when in the presence of other people we declare his goodness. And this morning I want to say without equivocation, I am the most blessed man upon the earth. God has been good to me beyond anything I could ever deserve, and I just drown (laughs) in His blessing. So I want to declare that today. I am the most blessed man in all the earth. God has been so good to me. Let us express gratitude as we proclaim His goodness to those who are about us. You know, it's interesting in different cultures. When I am checking out at the store... Almost without thought, I say to the clerk, may the Lord bless you today and try to give some testimony about God's goodness. And folks in Tulsa seem to receive that pretty well, and I found they do that pretty, they receive it pretty well in Virginia. But you know what? When I say that in New Hampshire, they look at me like I'm nuts. (laughs) Jesus Christ is not always too present in some of the settings in New England. But we do need to be bold about declaring God's wonderful goodness. 
Number five, we express gratitude to God when we pass on the blessings that our Lord has given us. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Some years ago, worship leaders were going through a phase, and I remember this so well, when we sometimes got hammered like we need to bring the sacrifice of praise. And that's the sacrifice that God wants, is a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 and 14. And sometimes I just want to get up and shake somebody and say, please read the next verse. (laughs) Here's the whole passage. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name and do not neglect doing good and sharing. (laughs) For with such sacrifices God is pleased. We show gratitude to God when we pass on the blessings and the goodness that he has given to us. When we give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, we can do that. Say, Lord, thank you for what you've given to me. Oh, God, I am blessed. What a joy it is to be able to hand this cup of water to someone else and pass on what you've given to me. You remember Andrew. Not this one, but the one in the Bible. (laughs) John 1.40 One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Andrew had found the Christ. He had to share this with his brother, this great and wonderful thing. Philip found Nathanael. And said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip had found the Messiah. He had to tell his friend Nathaniel. Something is wrong with us when we hoard the gospel. This wonderful thing that we have, how can we put it into words? We can't. How can we not tell others? that they might know the same joy and blessing that we have. Many of us are acquainted with the ministry of Court Wood, the In Jesus Name Ministries. Court, for many years, has been involved in India. And there are several churches there that are supported by this particular ministry. One of the most moving is in a leper colony. Recently, Uh, John Rorstam, one of the elders from uh, Weirs, New Hampshire. Uh, Steve Steve Kostemis, one of the elders from Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, Walter Hendrickson from Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, These three accompanied court uh, to a trip to India and specifically to the leper colony. You know, uh, as I got these pictures of this leper colony, I was so deeply moved. Here are people missing fingers, missing hands, missing feet, 
and yet their faces are glowing. <laughs> and they're glowing because these people have brought the gospel of Jesus to them. Not only the gospel of Jesus, but even financial help. And one of the lepers said, we used to have to go into the village and beg. Now we go into the village and tell people about the glories of Jesus Christ. They have found Christ. They have to pass it on. What a blessing to look at these pictures and see that tremendous goodness. If the gospel is really what we say it is, how can we keep it to ourselves? We must pass it on. Number six, stewardship of all that God has put into our hands is an obvious way to express gratitude. You know, brother and sister, it's important for us to be constantly aware of the fact we are a very dependent people. If God decided to turn off the faucet of heaven, rain would stop. Wouldn't life would be miserable? We are a very dependent people. Again, we've read this superior what do you have you didn't receive if you did receive it why do you boast if you had not received it boy don't we live in a blessed place my mother at times would tell me stories about her childhood my grandfather on my mother's side was an orphan the month Oklahoma, the two territories, Oklahoma Territory and Indian Territory, were combined into one and became the state of Oklahoma November of 1907. My mother was born that month. As soon as my grandmother was able to travel, they crossed over into the new state as pioneers and settled in the area, what we now know as Westville, Oklahoma. And mother told me stories about what their childhood was like. For instance... For Christmas, they were so delighted one Christmas when they all got an orange. Think about that. What would we think today, kids, if all the kids got was an orange? My mother said, you know, one of her chores, chores as a little girl every day was to take a bucket and go down to the spring and get a pail of water for the day's water. Being a little girl, dragging that bucket back up the path to the cabin wasn't easy but she said one time she had a problem for several weeks because as she would go to get the water there'd be a panther at the spring and she would have to wait for the panther to leave before she could get the pail of water now if anybody did that today they'd be arrested for child abuse <laughs> now what do I do I go to my kitchen and turn on the faucet and there it is <laughs> I flush a toilet. They couldn't do that. Not only that, today we do something that they would consider absolutely absurd. We use water to make the grass grow. <laughs> they didn't want the grass to grow. <laughs> and these things we take for granted. They're kind of our entitlement, aren't they? We're so blessed. And we're surrounded by all of this. And the slightest little thing goes wrong. And that's all we can talk about. 
instead of all of these blessings in which we are virtually drowning. Stewardship involves acknowledging everything, including our lives, belongs to God and is the result of His generosity. To the philosophers on Mars Hill, Paul described God as in whom we live and in Him we move and in whom we have his build, our being. We are his So we express gratitude. One thing, as we've already said, is passing it on. We express gratitude when we bring tithes and offerings on Sundays, a part of that stewardship. You know, I'm a tither. I have been since I was 10 years old. And I know I'm living under the new covenant and no longer under a law that makes tithing a law. But my bank account isn't mine, it's God's. This suit I have on isn't mine, it's God's. The very breath I breathe isn't mine, it's God's. I am His. So how am I supposed to be a steward of all of this? What a challenge. And so I look in God's Word. Lord, can you give me any kind of guidance? And the only guidance I can find is the principle of tithing. And so I've practiced that since I was 10 years old and also bringing offerings. And I know most of you do the same thing. But think about this. When that offering bag is passed and you're putting money in the bag, you're not just putting money in the bag, you are putting your life in the bag. Now those who are on salaries, this is kind of hard to figure, but if you're a wage earner, it isn't. If you make $10 an hour and you put $20 in the offering bag, you have just placed two hours of your life in the offering bag because that's where you got the money. (laughs) And so it's a wonderful act of stewardship. I can express gratitude to God as through this offering I express, Lord, my life is yours, and I'm trying to steward it in the manner in which you have shown in your holy word. We express gratitude as we are stewards. So, brothers and sisters, in spite of the difficulties we face, and we do face difficulties, don't we? (laughs) Heaven's wonderful, but from the time we're born until we get to heaven, it's sometimes kind of a sort of a mucky journey (laughs) it's a challenge and yet we're blessed we are blessed beyond any generation that has gone before us and the way things look we may be blessed beyond any generation that's going to follow us I don't know who can say but we are blessed so this morning we've spoken of six ways we can express our gratitude the prayer of gratitude A life of obedience, partaking with joy of the blessings that God has given, declaring to others the goodness of God, and being stewardship of all that is under our care. So let's give thanks to God for His graciousness, for His goodness, for His abundant love. In Jesus' name.